Well, hello, and we welcome you to White House First United Methodist Church, and we are so glad you have tuned in to our podcast this week. Wanted to mention just a few quick announcements about uh, the next couple of weeks. Today, Labor Day weekend, our adults will still have their Bible study at 5 o'clock, but our youth and our children are not meeting tonight but they will both start back full blast from 5 to 7 each Sunday after today, so September 10th and on. But on September the 24th through the 26th, want to personally invite you to join us for our revival services. We will eat each night at 5.30, and then the service will start at 6.30. The meal will be in the fellowship hall. The service will be in the sanctuary. So as we are into September, we got a lot of great things coming up and hope that you'll not only tune in on this podcast, but also to join us by way of Facebook or coming in person to our revival services. But it is good to have you today. Do want to start with a word of prayer and then we will begin our time of worship. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you so much for today. Lord, as we have this Labor Day weekend where certain people are able to get away for an extra day and an extended weekend, I do thank you for what this weekend stands for, acknowledging the ability that we have as people to be able to work. Lord, sometimes that is a drudgery. Sometimes it is taxing and tiring and draining. But God, thank you for giving us that ability. And as we spend this sliver of time together today, I pray that you will speak to us once more in the scriptures and in the songs that will be sung. And may all that we say and do glorify and honor you. We ask these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.
So today we are finishing the chapter 2 of Revelation as we look at the church of Thyatira. Our passage is Revelation 2 verses 18 through 29. Today marks the halfway mark of this sermon series on the question of what kind of church are we? We will continue this all the way to the end of September. But there has been a lot that's taken place in the first part. For those that were here last week, we talked about the church of Pergamum and how it had a bad claim to fame of being where Satan had his throne. However, many in the church resisted Satan while some didn't we're going to see that there is a little bit of a similarity with Thyatira and Pergamum. Yet God had some extra positives for Thyatira that we will hear today. Wanted to share with you just a short moment of a geography layout before we read about this church. According to a Bible that I have titled the Nelson Study Bible, Thyatira was a city with a large population of military about 30 miles southeast of Pergamum. Thyatira was also a working person's town with many making a living in cloth making, dyeing of materials, and pottery. Lydia. Paul's first convert in Philippi was a merchant from Thyatira. And you can look at that in Acts chapter 16, verse 14. The city was basically secular with no focus on any particular religion. 
we're going to see that God's got some good things to share as well as some harsh words of warning if some of them don't change their ways. So let's get to the scripture now. Again, Revelation 2, verses 18 through 29. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love, faith, service, and patient endurance. I know that your last works are greater than the first. But I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and beguiling my servants to practice fornication and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her fornication. Beware, I am throwing her on a bed, and those who commit adultery with her I am throwing into great distress unless they repent of her doing. And I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you as your works deserve. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. To everyone who conquers and continues to do my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations to rule them with an iron rod. And when clay pots are shattered, even as I also received authority from my Father. To the one who conquers, I will also give the morning star. But anyone who has an ear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And this is the Word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Thyatira. The corrupt church. We look at that title and we notice that's not a very good claim to fame. Just like we talked about last week with Pergamum being the throne that where Satan had his throne. But before we get to the negatives, there were some good things going on in this church too. We see that God is commending the Thyatirian church members for growing in good deeds. Listen again to this very positive list in verse 19. I know your works, your love, faith, service, and patient endurance. I know that your last works are greater than the first. That's a pretty tall order and grateful for them. Now don't get me wrong. Good deeds will not get you into heaven, but only faith and belief in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
However, a church that is truly appreciative of what Jesus has done for them is not satisfied with just salvation, but reaches beyond themselves and are willing to help one another, not because we have to, but because we want to. It was a work in progress, but they were progressing. We should not only take comfort in gathering for worship or rejoice when people give their lives to Christ in our church. We should also seek to grow in love, faith, acts of service, and have patient endurance like Thyatira was commended for. Because the times are critical, we must spend our days wisely and faithfully. We need to see if that is the case. We look no further than what's happening in Florida with Hurricane Idalia. Folks, we just simply never know what the next day holds. That's why each day is important. So, the question now is, where are we at in comparison? Well, I must say that since arriving here, I can sense that you, just like Thyatira, are progressing. And I am sensing that same scripture in 19 is fitting for us, that love, faith, acts of service, and patient endurance. You have a heart for the people, not only within the church, but outside these four walls. And that's made known by all the different things you do for one another. Not going to go through a list today, but there's one thing that really stands out. And that is the blood drive that we now have within this church. What started as a vision in late January of a few ladies coming to me wanting to see if we could host has led into what it has become now. For those that might not have heard, last week we were blessed to have 50 viable units of blood that was given so that people that we may never meet are able to be recipients of this blood and have life-changing moments for them going forward because of that. Again, it didn't happen just with a few ladies. Those few ladies came, took that vision, and now this church has embraced it. And we are now on a list of hosting a blood drive every two-ish month rotation. Again, that's a commendable thing. But that is just one of many things that's happening in this church right now. And I am grateful to be a part of that. Like I said, the Lord confirmed how we as a church are making strides in these areas. But that is not to answer those questions for your own life personally. Bottom line, if you're thinking more about yourself than what God wants you to do, then the answer is not the one you should be striving for. In order to have these adjectives that describe the church to describe you as well, there has to be a sense of commitment to the Lord as well as being humble along the way. But just as much as some were being commended in the church, that didn't cover the whole church. This church in Thyatira allowed an immoral individual 
to lead many others away from Christ. Here, verse 20. But I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and beguiling my servants to practice fornication and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Truly a very sad situation. These people were following the woman Jezebel, who was a woman in the church that was teaching that immorality was not a serious matter for believers as some might want to think. Now, whether or not Jezebel is an actual name or a nickname, this woman's wicked actions parallel Queen Jezebel in the Old Testament. That queen was considered the most evil woman who has ever lived. So I dare say this was not a compliment in the slightest. If you want to read more about her character, the following scriptures describe her. You might want to jot these down, and these will also be in your notes in the podcast. And that is 1 Kings 16, 31 through 33. 1 Kings 18, 20 through chapter 19, verse 2. And then at the end of 1 Kings 21, verses 25 through 26. The worst problem of all was according to verse 21 that we read in Revelation, Jezebel was unwilling to repent. God had given ample time to do so, yet she still would not. Just as a reminder, repent means to change one's mind and to turn from sin. Until a person is willing to own up to his or her sinfulness, There's not much positive that can happen in that individual's life. In His mercy, God had given time for her to decide to follow Him. Same measure, God gives us time to decide to follow Him or not. Only our stubborn willfulness stands in the way. A sin is a sin, and if we aren't willing to confess to the wrongs we're doing, we're heading down the same path as Jezebel's followers as we see in verses 22 and 23. Beware, I'm throwing her on a bed, and those who commit adultery with her I am throwing into great distress unless they repent of her doings, and I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am the one who searches minds and hearts and I will give to each of you as your works deserve. Seems harsh, but again, this is over a period of time of not being willing to repent of the wrongs. Jezebel wasn't willing to say she was doing anything wrong. And even if everyone else is doing it around us, doesn't mean that we should be doing it. As 22 brings out, The ones that are following Jezebel's teachings are committing adultery with her. Might I add to that that if we are giving anything priority over God, we are adulterers to Him. In essence, we're leaving our true love of God and giving our heart to someone or something else. We might not have ever thought about it that way, but that is the truth. 
So the question is, what do we need to do in order to change that? To do as God is pleading with this church of Thyatira, as well as the vast majority of the other churches in Revelation, and that is that word repent. We've heard it multiple times over this series, and hint, hint, we will continue to hear that. You know in your heart of hearts what your weakness is. And I pray you'll be willing to ask God to help you resist the temptations that constantly plague you. If you don't change, there will be serious consequences waiting for you. Don't be satisfied with the status quo. Been using that analogy of being on cruise control. We cannot in a spiritual sense ever get on cruise control. Just because you feel like you're doing better than most folk, if there's a blatant sin that keeps on nagging at you, it's time to let it go and let God help you through weaning yourself from its lurings. Resisting Satan's lurings and having to take a stand and not do as your friends, co-workers, or even family want you to do is not easy. But it is possible with God's help. When we're able to resist, there are benefits that we see in the last few verses that we read today. Not going to look at those right now, but I would encourage you to look at those a little closer because in those verses we're given a couple of promises of standing true. Listen to verse 25. Again, not all of this church was following the ways of Jezebel. And the Lord is saying in verse 25 that those are standing true. He says this, to only hold fast to what you have until I come. For the ones that are willing to repent and have an ear to change the direction they're heading and are willing to listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say, there are great benefits that are awaiting us. That hasn't changed in all these years. I pray that we don't buckle under pressure. Our Lord wants to help, but we got to be willing to help Him and to let Him help us to hold fast to the ways of the Lord until he comes back. Mentioned weaknesses earlier, and I want to conclude with this question. Have you sensed your weakness? Just as Thyatira's weakness says were exposed, if your weakness has been exposed today or through these last few weeks, don't let it continue to go unattended. Turn from your sinful ways and allow God to forgive you of your wrongdoings and ask for help in the future to defeat Satan in his tracks. Because if you truly want that, with God's help, it is possible. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Lord, as we come before you today, we thank you for what you're doing, the lessons you are trying to teach us, 
Lord, forgive us for when we've allowed someone or something more importance than you, following the crowd, doing what everybody else is doing, living in that status quo. Help us to see that that does not need to continue to happen if it is happening. Forgive us for us doing it and give us the courage and the boldness to stand firm and get off the cruise control and to keep accelerating to draw closer and closer to you each and every day. And we pray all these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Lord and Savior.